0: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be with you today. We are welcoming back one of our OG guests on My Business Playbook, and she is one of my dear friends. It's funny when you become friends with someone on Instagram and you're like, hey, we've never met in real life, but when we do, my goodness, we're going to have many margaritas and it will be glorious. Today, I'm joined by Elise Greer. Who, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know Elise. If you've been in our program inside of My Marketing Playbook, you would have seen a masterclass from the wonderful Elise. She is the director and head writer of Bossy Copywriting, a Melbourne based copywriting supergroup comprising writers from all over Australia. She runs her own podcast. She has her own group coaching program called Bossy Copy College. She is a wizard and I'm so glad to have her back on the podcast today. We are talking about building and developing your tone of voice. So if you are someone who wants to create a really beautiful brand experience, a really beautiful voice that people can recognize and relate to and resonate with, then you're gonna love this conversation. Elise is the expert at tone of voice and I love, love, love hearing her speak about this. So you're in for a real treat. I hope that you enjoy. Let's dive into my conversation with my dear Virtual Instagram friend, Elise Greer of Bossy Copywriting. Hello, Elise. So good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. You were one of the first people I interviewed when I started my business playbook. And so I am very, very excited to have you back on the show talking about copy, talking about tone of voice, and just updating us on how everything is going with you. How are you today? What has been happening? I want to hear all the things.
1: I am so good. I'm so happy to be here. Love coming on this podcast. It's just the best. (laughs) Um, And yeah, lots and lots of things have happened. I think I was thinking about it earlier. I think it was like two years ago that, well, you would know, because that was around the time that you launched your podcast. So I think it must've been two years ago.
0: No, well, I actually think I interviewed you in December of 2020 and we went live. Yeah. So it wasn't even that long. I think it was, then we went live in January and you, yeah, you were one of the first episodes, you and Jess Rufus from Collabosaurus. Yes, that's right. Um, And so it actually wasn't that long ago. And when you think about all the things that have happened since then, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, it feels like a lifetime. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but since then, you've launched a course, you have, your business has grown, you've been booked out, you've just kind of, it feels like you've just taken the world by storm. So tell us <laughs> what has been happening and and how has the last, I don't know, 12, maybe mm-hmm. almost 18 months, how has that played out for you? What have been your big wins?
1: Yeah. Okay, so that is so crazy because I feel like so much has happened in that time and I I still remember when I was chatting with you where I was sitting in my old office and I was in this like tiny little cramped corner with my laptop and now I've, (laughs) I think, yeah, I've moved into, I've just moved into like an amazing new office, um, that has much more space. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's one big thing that's happened. Um I think last time I spoke to you I had obviously the Bossy Supergroup which is our like team of freelance writers. Um, and they've all been handpicked because they're like amazing at what they do, different skills and specialties. But now I have a couple of in-house copywriters as well. I'm actually looking for an extra person at the moment. Um, and I launched my course. So I pretty much spent 2021, like working on my course, like full time, like couldn't do anything else. I was doing it like night and day and weekends for like a year.
0: (laughs) It is such a big undertaking, isn't it? Launching a course and trying to not only formulate what you know into something that people can understand but making it so that it's not so technical that people go, wait, you lost me. Like Mm -hmm. what? what? So it is like it's much harder than it. It is no joke. Seriously, seriously. So it's really impressive, you know, the way that you've done the way that you've launched that coaching program, the way that you've grown your business, it is honestly incredible. And what a cool thing to kind of sit here now and go, oh my gosh, that actually wasn't that long ago that we Mm -hmm. were talking and you were in your tiny office and kind of
1: dreaming of a
0: course. And now you've launched it. Now you've got it out there in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Incredible. Now that I've heard that time frame, I'm like, oh, that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and also, like, that explains why I'm so tired.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> and why I drink so much wine. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. I mean – I feel like, yeah, I definitely during, during 2020, we had so many wine subscriptions (laughs) and it was (laughs) lockdown life. Oh my gosh. And I was doing webinars every single week. And again, like I had no idea how to do webinars. I was just kind of making it up. Mm-hmm. I was doing one every single week, but I'd come on and I was drinking my glass of wine being like, <laughs> sup guys, like, how's this lockdown? It sucks. <laughs> anyway, like I'm a little bit like, I'm not boozy, but I'm <laughs> but a little I have bit been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. It's good to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah I feel like 2020 and 2021 were a huge blur um, especially because I live in Melbourne which was kind of Uh, like a blessing for the course at least because it meant that I literally couldn't get distracted by anything else. I couldn't go out for like dinners or um, have big weekends or do anything else that was like outside so I spent I, yeah, it worked out well because I spent the whole year working on the course and then I launched it, I think on the 2nd of December. So it was just like, yeah, one big busy year.
0: Yeah. And I think it's cool to kind of look at, you know, in all of the chaos and kind of craziness of the last two years to be able to kind of go, oh, wow, in that our business has not only survived, but it's grown in Mm -hmm. that time. We've been able to create this leveraged product. We've been able to reach more people and help more people, I think that's such an incredible achievement. And for anyone listening, I encourage you to go back because you probably think it is way, way further back, but 12 months has gone by, it feels like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to go back and think about what have been some of those big wins because I guarantee you it's more than you think. Yes. It's, it's really important to do that because I think running a business in COVID, running a business through- everything that's going on, um, as we're recording this, there's been floods in New South Wales and Queensland. And it's just, you kind of look at all of these things and you go, oh my goodness, it's a lot for a small business owner to be able to process and, and to keep pressing on and to keep showing up. And so I think it's really good to take a moment to Mm -hmm. take stock of all the cool things that you've been able to achieve, um, in your business.
1: Yeah. And you forget, I feel like you don't stop and do that enough. So you kind of forget, like even when I was doing my, uh, preparing for my course launch, I was putting together this masterclass and I had to kind of talk about like how I started versus where I'm at now. And it was so crazy to compare the two because I rarely do that. Um, and I always give myself like one big project a year. So like 2020 was all about, my podcast so again that was like amazing that we were in lockdown for a little bit there because I actually could work on that and then 2021 was my course but it was so interesting to like reflect back and see you know that like I think it's like a quote on Instagram that's always circulating and it's like Think back to when you, oh God, I'm going to mess it up. Think back to when you wish you were where you are now. Is that right? Yes. No, I know. I know the exact
0: quote that you're talking about. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so it's good to just like stop even for five minutes. Like I even wrote it down on a piece of paper, um, where Bossy was at when I first launched it, or even like a year into now. And that just made me, it gave me so much motivation to do more and come up with more ideas because I was like, oh, okay, this might actually be working. I think I can, I don't know if I need to go and get a job anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that. It's so, so true. Yeah. Now I want to talk about last time we chatted, which again, feels like a lifetime ago. Last time we chatted, we talked about general you know, copywriting and how to DIY your copywriting. But what I've realized about you, and I say this to everyone who comes to me and is like, I need help with copywriting. You are the queen of tone of voice. I think Thank you, you so are, much. you you are, <laughs> and you have this ability to, what I love is that you have your tone, you have like the bossy tone, but then you can't you can kind of have this hint of, oh, that feels like it has this bossy magic over it when you work with other people. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not like, oh, that's that's Elise or that's bossy. It's like you you have this way of emulating and and creating this unique tone for the people that you work with. So I want to talk about how how we actually build a tone of voice and why that's even important. And yep. I know that you have a lot to share on this, but before we do, you posted something um, this week about niching down, and I want to mm. start with this because I feel like this kind of frames up this tone of voice element. Um, and you talk about polarizing people and whether or not that's a good or bad thing, mm-hmm. and I love <laughs> your. your Your post said, you can't please everyone. You're not two for one margaritas at the uni bar, (laughs) which I love. So can you talk to us before, like to kind of set the scene? Why do you think it's so important for us to niche down? And do you think it's, you know, a problem if we're not a good fit for everyone? How do you kind Mm. of articulate that? Okay. This is like my favorite topic of all time. And
1: I'm like a really good example of this. So I kind of use myself as a bit of a case study. But when I started Bossy, I was the sort of person, and I mentioned this in the post, that I just wanted to please everyone, which everybody does. Because when you start a business, you're like, I want to get as many bookings or I want to make as many sales as I possibly can. You certainly don't want to like repel anyone or lose customers because of anything that you've done. Um, So I had three different services when I launched. Copywriting was just one of them. Um, And I didn't really have like a brand per se. Like obviously I had the bossy name, I had the website, I had like the colors and whatever, but it wasn't really, I didn't really put too much thought into it. Um, And I wasn't really speaking. I was just kind of writing how I would write, which I guess is similar to what I do now. But I wasn't really speaking to anyone in particular. I was just kind of like trying to speak to everyone. And we all know that when you try and please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. So... I kind of like decided that I would ditch two of the services. Once I found out that one of the services, which was copywriting, was actually the most popular, which I wasn't expecting, um, I decided to ditch the other two and I decided to really use my writing style to – kind of like guide everything in the brand and not just the copy but even down to like my creative process or how I have how I structure my business model how I hire new staff what sort of like resources I create so that kind of like yeah framed and guided everything from that point forward Um, So obviously I changed my branding. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I niched down to copywriting and I didn't have the other creative services as well, and I really niched down in terms of like my own tone of voice and my own style of copy and my own branding, that's when the magic happened. Like Mm -hmm. if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have lasted very long because I'm trying to just like, please everyone. So for me, niching down is like, the biggest secret weapon and in terms of being polarizing, the word polarizing has such a negative connotation that nobody wants to be called polarizing but I think when it comes to a brand, it's like the best thing you can do because you're going to be speaking directly to those people that you're attracting or you're trying to speak to. They're going to feel like they don't belong anywhere else and they've finally found a brand that understands them or they might have the same sense of humor as you. And yes, you're going to repel other people, but that's kind of what you want. Because if you're, yeah, if you're going to have a brand that speaks to your perfect target market, they're the people you want to talk to. And it doesn't really, it's probably a better thing that you're repelling the people that don't suit. So niching down, whether it is like what services you offer, your tone of voice, your copy, everything within your business, I feel like should be really, really specific.
0: Yeah. And I think it's funny that, you know, the journey has been for you because it's it's similar for me in that it's been a bit like, we're going to do everything. We're just going to, you know, find our feet. You kind of feel like a little baby giraffe figuring it out kind of (laughs) thing. And, and, and that is totally fine when you're starting. It's funny that you get to this point though. I think I've been running, Lala for five years now. How long have you been running? Same, five years as well. It's really interesting because I wonder if there's a tipping point where you go, this cannot, uh, it can't scale or grow in the way that I want it to, or it's requiring so much energy because I'm serving this type of person and this type of person and this type of person. And it is hard to really systemize that because Mm -hmm. it's like, if you know a, a particular industry really well or a particular, if your delivery of your service or your product is really targeted, it just makes it so much easier to run a thriving business because yeah. everything's geared. You're like, what does my person need? What does my person, how do they feel? Yeah. What What are their pain points? How do I keep speaking to that? How do I keep creating products and services that, that meet those needs? Yeah. It just gives you so much more clarity and confidence. So for you, Elise, when someone comes to you to bossy and is like, I want my, I want you guys to write my copy or I want you guys to develop my tone of voice. What goes through your head when they don't have a clear niche? Does that make it more difficult for you? How, how do you kind of approach that?
1: Yeah. So often I will, cause I feel like tone of voice is like the be all and end all. So yeah. I will really use the tone of voice to kind of like create that niche for them. So yeah. of course there are going to be brands that have a broad range of services or they might have a broad target market um you know like even fashion brands or beauty brands they're not always super specific whereas like with bossy obviously we specialize in creative copy so it's quite specific Mm -hmm. um but for me the tone of voice can really create that really niche brand and the tone of voice can kind of become like the backbone of your brand and when when you think about brands like um frank body and go to skincare they're the two that everybody thinks of when they think tone of voice their voice and that personality is the backbone of their brand like everybody knows what tone of voice is as soon as you mention those two brands because they're really witty they're really cheeky and it's kind of like the brand itself has its own personality so that's the sort of stuff that i try and do is really drill down into the brand figure out like what they care about or what they really specialize in or um, what their brand personality is, and then kind of bring that to life through the tone of voice.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. So for someone who's listening and who is like, okay, so I've got my, you know, I've got my brand, I've got my logo, my colors, my fonts, and it's kind of a bit like, well, what actually is tone of voice? How do you define what tone of voice is?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) very good question. Tone of voice (laughs) for me is really the character of your brand. It's like your brand's attitude. It's how you communicate across all of your platforms. And rather than being like what you say, it's more how you say it. So I might've mentioned this in our previous chat, but I always liken it to like a group of friends. So often you'll have like one friend that's really wild, you'll have one friend that's really like maybe quiet or really kind. You might have another friend that's like really career driven and super professional and they're always wearing like really chic clothes. So every brand is also Brands are the same. Like every brand has its own personality and it's made up of all those things. It's like how they dress, which is kind of like branding or how they talk, Mm. which is their copy and all those things combine to create their personality. So even if you haven't invested any time or energy into your brand personality, you're still giving off that personality to the world. People are still portraying you in a certain way. So you may as well shape it so it's exactly what you want it to be because, yeah, people have already, they're going to judge you regardless. Um, So, yeah, that's why I think it's really, really important to have like a super strong tone of voice that you feel like represents what you do and what you care about and what your core brand personality is.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting You know, when we started Lala, because it's, it was me, I love writing and I've always been like, well, this is how we want to sound. We want to kind of be cheeky, a little bit irreverent, and also we want to be generous. So we want the tone to be like very, also kind of like, hey, like you've got this, like it's Mm -hmm. actually not trying to simplify everything. Yeah. Yeah. But when we started to grow and, you know, some of the content, we started getting some of the team to start developing some of the content, I realized, I was like, this has just been in my head this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've just been writing what I think is funny or like whatever. And and it's funny to think this, you know, one when you start, even if you start outsourcing, you know, if you're getting someone else to manage your socials or to write content for you or Even someone like a VA to manage some of your Mm -hmm. inbox, your email inbox, like you want to have a really clear plan or strategy of, hey, we say things like this. We don't, you know, even if it's like we don't necessarily use that many emojis or we like actually, because I know for me, and if my husband is listening to this, like (laughs) I I love you, mate, but like Nate would sometimes respond to DMs and he's just... He's just a guy and he yeah. would respond to DMs in, in our Instagram and I would be like, "Nate, that is not how we sound. Like we don't – it was just like <laughs> – Have you not read the tone of voice guidelines? Oh, read the guide. <laughs> read the room, Nate. I'm like <laughs> – anyway, but it's funny because I would get so frustrated at him because I'd be like, you're not saying things how I would say them and he's like, no, we just got to get it done, you know, lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yep. got to get it done. But it was it's this funny thing of going – I it's actually on me to articulate in a really clear way how I want the brand to feel, how I want us to sound and yeah, like how I want people to perceive us. And I think it's interesting you say that whether or not you're intentional with it, people do perceive you in a certain way. So you might as well control the narrative a bit more and go, exactly. well, this is, this is it. So when someone, what would you say to someone who like me is is a bit like, oh, I've just kind of done it myself. And, mm-hmm. and then as you start to grow, you realize, oh crap, there are other people now who are communicating on our behalf. How do we actually step back and develop that tone of voice that's just in our head?
1: Yeah. So this was the same as me and it still kind of is because Bossy is obviously based off my writing style. And I started yeah. Bossy, Basically is a way to bring my writing style that I used throughout like freelance writing and blogging into copywriting. So everything is kind of my voice, um, but obviously Bossy is bigger than just me now. So I have struggled with this as well, but I think for other brands, it's a really good tip is to create, um, well, first you've got to figure out what your voice is and unpack that and I can tell you a little bit about that and then the second part is actually creating like the guidelines or the handbook that people can pick up and they can flip through and they can use that to get in character and really understand what your brand is and how you speak. So when we do guidelines and this part's getting like juicier and juicier because people love it but the second half of the guidelines has heaps of examples of how we would translate your voice across all sorts of platforms. So we'll have have, um, you know, we might have three email examples or we might have a bunch of Instagram caption examples. We might have packaging copy examples. So it's great to like hear what the voice is, but it can be tricky sometimes to understand how that translates into words. So having all those examples is a really great idea. Um, In terms of coming up with your actual voice, I find that I have kind of two different ways or it's a bit of like a two-pronged approach to coming up with the tone of voice and obviously this might be a little bit different if it's based on your voice like if it was based on your voice you would probably skip straight to the guidelines like you would maybe just write a bit of a description as to what your voice is Um, even have like a few brand personality traits words that you use versus words that you don't use Um, and then I would go into having lots of examples kind of like a bit of a copy kit so having yeah heaps of emails heaps of Instagram captions so they can kind of use that as a bit of a guidebook when they need to write copy and content versus if you are coming up with a completely fresh tone of voice I go down these two different paths. So the first one is called consistent and consistent is basically just coming up with a strong but natural tone of voice to make it consistent across the board. So it's just giving you something easy to follow, easy to execute and it will just, yeah, create that consistency throughout your brand. It can still be really fun um, but it's probably gonna be a little bit easier to execute moving forward. The other side is what I call creative, and that's where you have heaps of fun with creating fictional characters or like borderline inappropriate like personalities.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) yes, I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So in the in my course, which is Bossy Copy College, by the way, um, I have created two brands specifically for the course, and one falls into team consistent, and one is in team creative, and I've posted a little bit about this on my Instagram. People will know I've created this like cookie brand called Bad Cookie for the course and Bad Cookie suddenly has all these like fans now (laughs) (laughs) and now I need to start a cookie brand. Um, But Bad Cookie is, he's 10 out of 10 on the inappropriate scale so it's like a love and dating theme and if you check out my Instagram which is at bossy.copywriting you'll see that I've posted some of the copy from Bad Cookie and you can get a sense for what I mean when I say like a really creative out there tone of voice But then other brands really just need something easy and consistent across the the board. So once you've figured out kind of what direction you want to go in, obviously it's going to be very different which path you choose. But the next stage I usually go down is kind of trying to come up with, okay, so if I want to go creative, what is my fictional character going to be? Or really drawing out what are my brand personality traits? Um, Or what are the really key things? What are my... uh, points of difference or what are those things I really want to draw out and infuse in my tone of voice and really like communicate and highlight those in my brand Um, then I go into kind of like the fun stuff and in the course this is called research and creative arts because we go through Spotify and try and find lyrics that match we put together like word and phrase banks we create mood boards and then the last part is really putting together that like set of guidelines so you've got it ready to go when you start writing your copy it's really really hard to write your copy if you haven't done that part first because you don't have a guide to tell you Mm. how to write the copy so even if you don't want to go to that extreme it's a really good idea to even just a few basic points or even just like a word document with a couple of different sections on it about how you would describe your brand voice What are your brand personality traits, any words that you do and don't use, and maybe a few examples of how you would write your
0: captions and emails and blogs and whatever else you have. That is so, so helpful and super practical because I think a lot of our community are like, ah, like I don't know how to write copy. I don't know how to communicate the value that I bring and also communicate in a way that resonates with my audience and also reflects my brand. Like it can feel like, how do I do all of those things at once? So yep. that's really, really helpful. And I think it doesn't need to be as complex as I think sometimes we make it out like, oh, I need to do this full on exercise to to sort this out. But I mm-hmm. think even like you're saying, just, just a word doc, mm-hmm. just to just to also, the other thing is like, if you are working with a team you want everyone to be on the same page with how how you sound, yeah. And one thing I love as well about what you do, Elise, if someone if I email you and you're like working away and you have an auto reply on it, it's in your voice. Mm. It's not like, hey, we're out of office. Okay, bye. You yeah. know? it's like it's in <laughs> Come your back voice. Later. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, we will see you soon. Kind regards. Like that. That's so, that would be so weird if you did that. Yeah, but I think like what do you think in terms of applying the tone internally? Do people think about how that plays out internally with clients, with, with other customers? How do you kind of approach that?
1: Yeah, I don't think people do consider this very much. And I'm a huge believer in your tone of voice should filter through every single part of your brand, not just the big flashy bits like your website and your Instagram feed. So yeah, even my out of office reply is Kind of witty. It's all about like being in Italy drinking spritzes. It's really got nothing to do with being out of office at all, but <laughs> it
0: seems to work.
1: <laughs> so I think really figuring out, and that's why it's really important to figure out what your brand personality is first, mm. because it makes all this stuff easier to write. In terms of being internal, yes. Even down to things like my portfolio and my pricing pack, like I can't tell you how many clients I have managed to secure just from my, the copy in my portfolio and my pricing pack because they'll reach out they might have found Bossy on Google they've come to the website they've sent me an email we've written back like our trademark witty email we've sent them our portfolio and they'll yeah. often come back and be like oh my god this is amazing like I want this like we've even written portfolios for people so those things are really really important and I think yeah people often forget about How much copy is actually involved in a brand and how much it's so important to have even those little bits that you often forget about, like your out of office email should be written in your tone of voice as well, or even like your internal documents or anything that even the client isn't seeing it, it's still part of your
0: brand. That for us, I realize we need to be doing that more because our front facing tone is Is one thing but then when people interact with different members of our team or if it's you know like during a course launch or whatever whatever different moving thing is happening yeah it's like oh gosh we actually need to have how do we respond to complaints how do we respond to like someone not being able to access something in the course. How do we, like all of these things, we want the tone to still be consistent yes, even in that as well. Very good
1: point. Yeah, and I feel like another good tip that you can do is create like a bit of a response register. So have like a big spreadsheet with all the possible inquiries that you might have, whether it's um, through your email, if somebody's making a complaint, or it could be on Instagram, you might get the same question in your DMs all the time. And then having next to that, how your brand would respond to that query So then you really don't have to write it each time. You can either go back to the spreadsheet and pretty much just copy and paste and tweak or you can at least use it as a bit of inspiration to write whatever you need to write. Um, And one thing that I always try to keep in mind whenever I am writing anything is how would my brand say this sentence or how would my brand answer this question? So generally, I will often write like, a big piece of copy and I will even break it down like sentence by sentence. Okay, so how would my brand say this sentence? Or it could be even like micro copy on your website. It might be free shipping. How would my brand or my brand personality say free shipping? So I think sometimes we just kind of like fall back onto the standard copy that everybody has. But if you really just pick everything apart and reconsider how you can say even the tiniest bit of copy, um, it can, they're the things that kind of build together to create an amazing brand. And yeah, yeah, even with emails, like I often say, if I'm interviewing someone, I'm like, are you comfortable with like, even when you're emailing someone, you have to kind of like forget about your email voice and adopt the bossy email voice. Because if they're in charge of contacting or communicating with clients bossy's not a formal workplace. So I don't really want them to be writing kind regards or like all that kind of jargon that we use. I would much rather them have fun with their email, pretend they're talking to a friend, add gifts if they want. And clients really appreciate that because they feel like it's one breaking the ice, but they feel like a little bit more comfortable around us.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. And like, even that spreadsheet idea, once you have those replies, you can jump into Instagram and just add them as saved replies too. So it just, yes, yeah. cause I know like for me, I get stressed about, oh crap, I need to respond to that question or that DM. And I, I'm like, oh, I really want to respond to everyone. And so I think having a bank of more of those, how would I respond to someone saying like, oh, I loved this masterclass or, or like, where can I find this PDF that you've talked about Mm -hmm. or whatever. I think if we have, you know, a time to batch all of those responses and of course, personalize them from there, but having them done in your tone of voice means that you're not having to spend as much time. Cause I know for me, I'm just like, I'm short on time. So I'll I'll just be thinking, how can I fire this away quickly? Mm -hmm. And what will happen is I'll probably just to make everyone know I'm, I'm happy. I'll like send a thousand emojis and like so (laughs) many exclamation marks, (laughs) but like, that's actually not, It could be better and it could be stronger by going, actually, let's just think about what are the main questions we get asked Mm -hmm. and can we have a bank of those responses? Yeah. Um, And even the people not like for us with a course, like we have people who are like, I can't find access to my logins or I can't access this one particular training or whatever. And it's really interesting because the, the way we respond to those things can make or break a relationship as well. Like we've Definitely. had, we've had people who are in different time zones who have been like trying to access something in what is in the middle of the night for us. Yeah. And then they get stressed because they're like, well, no, you haven't responded. And if we respond by being a bit defensive or a bit like, well, Hey mate, like <laughs> we're here yeah. in Australia, we're in, in a different places right now. <laughs> I'm asleep. You know, if we don't, re- if we have a bank of hey this is how we respond to this type of thing it kind of neutralizes things like that as well because it's like oh rather than it being defensive it's like oh how annoying i hate it when links don't work here's the link let us know what you think blah 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 like it's yeah. it's a bit more like i don't know it kind of sets people at ease as well yeah
1: and it's kind of like a human talking to a human like i feel like brands often think that they need to speak like a brand but I know that sounds like counterintuitive, but I feel like often people just want to come across really conversational and like a human. And I know that can be tricky because often people are so tainted by maybe like a corporate job that they can't break that corporate tone of voice or um, they might be so used to writing how they're used to writing that they struggle to add Um, you know, humor or whatever it might be. But I think if you can even just make your copy a little bit more conversational at the very least, People appreciate that and it feels like, yeah, it's a human talking to another human. And if you go and read like some of my Instagram captions, a lot of people always say that they read them like in my voice because it sounds like I'm just next to them, like telling it to them. And I think that's because in my head, I'm kind of just saying it like a conversation or if I write something. Um, I always try to read it out loud, which is another thing people don't tend to do. And I feel like once you read something out loud, you realize how like robotic it sounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So such if you can do point. that, yeah. You can at least your brain can at least sound a little bit more genuine, a little bit more down to earth, and a little bit more conversational. That always helps.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause I know for us, like we have people will kind of go they'll book a call with us and be like, oh, I feel like I already know you. Yeah, and exactly, what would be weird is if our tone was very different to the experience that they got by working with us, right? Yes. Because yeah. imagine if the tone was very formal and then they arrive to talk to me and it's like, oh, hello, like, yeah. what are we talking, like, you know, it, it, it has to be cohesive, right, with the actual experience. Totally. What would you say to someone who... Like do you ever come across people who are like, I want to have a really bold, fun tone, but it's not necessarily them, like the delivery isn't congruent?
1: Yeah, I often find probably more so people want to be bold and fun and you give them bold and fun and they're like, oh, not that bold and fun. (laughs) 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 Too bold, too fun. (laughs)
0: That's Um, so good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: So that comes up a little bit, but not too much because obviously we learn so much about them at the start. But like I said before, having those two different pathways, like even when we work with someone on a tone of voice, rather than just giving them what what we think that they should have, we'll often create two different um, kind of like teasers, like a bit of a preview of what we would do for maybe a consistent slightly more paired back voice and what we were to do if we just had like full creative control. Yes. And it's really interesting because sometimes they'll be like, they'll pick the one that we weren't expecting, or we'll be like crossing our fingers for one of them and they'll pick it and we'll be like, yes, this is going to be so fun. Or often they'll be like, oh, I like both. Can we blend them together? Um so that I yeah. feel like that phase really helps because we can get the green light on what they really like and how bold and fun they actually want to be because it's all well and good to say I would love it to be bold and fun but obviously one person's version of fun is very different (laughs) to another so it's good to kind of like work that out at the start and then we can really go to town when we actually put together the guidebook or the guidelines.
0: It's kind of like going to your hairdresser and being like hey like this is the vibe. Yeah, like this is the kind of colour I want. Um, like I want creamy blonde. And then them going, cool, 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 gotcha. And it's like that wasn't I, I should have yeah. been more. Why is more my hair specific. blue? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, why do I look like Diane Keaton? <laughs> that has happened to me before. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. It's kind of like when you go
1: to the hairdresser, ask telling them what you want with your words versus showing them like a reference photo. Uh, The result is always very different. So if you can really explain what you're after, and this is even great for people that are DIYing their tone of voice, like do you actually want to be bold and fun or are you just doing that because you feel like that's what you should do? Is that actually aligned with your, your brand personality? Is it aligned with the kind of work that you produce? And is it, like you mentioned, aligned with the experience of working with you because yeah if somebody wants to be bold and fun and then they start working with you and it's super formal and like a really polished process they'll be like wait what's going on I thought this was going to be really creative and interactive so that even your tone of voice is going to give a bit of a glimpse into the experience or the process of working with you so rather than just picking something that you think is going to be Um, what people will love and this is why it's important not to do things just because kind of like telling people what they want to hear you want to do something that is really authentic to you and owning who you are and not being scared that that might repel certain clients or customers because Mm. yeah you don't want to get into a situation where you've just done what you think is cool at the time and then people start working with you and there's like a big disconnect
0: oh that is such a good point and and also it feels like the vice vice versa is true too if you are in a corporate space for instance or a professional service and you feel like oh i've got to be kind of slick and mm-hmm. and kind of professional and whatever but then the actual delivery is isn't that yeah then you'll also attract the people who expect that exactly yeah, you'll attract corporate-
1: the people that don't want what you have and you probably won't enjoy working with them very much because you're not going to be the same on the same wavelength and I actually work with quite a few um, like corporate brands as well that say they want to be more fun and it works so well because they're like I I might be in the financial space but I know that I'm offering something completely different my process yes. I'm talking to you know millennials my process is really creative and when people think finance that's not what comes to mind. So they want to kind of like flip it on its head. So yeah, it's really it. got to align with all everything. Everything yes. has to be aligned.
0: Yes. Ah, oh, Elise, you are incredible. And I know that this is really going to help our listeners. So anyone listening, if you want to connect with Elise check out more of what she, she is doing head on over to Instagram and you can find her at bossy.copywriting but can you tell us just quickly where can people learn more and where can people engage with you more um to develop their tone of voice to start DIYing their copy yeah um yeah Sure.
1: So basically I started the course for people that wanted to DIY. So it's generally for people who might be a startup or a side hustle and they want to have like the agency experience or the bossy experience, but they might not be ready to hire an agency yet. So yes, we work with clients at Bossy to do all sorts of copy and tone of voice, but then the course is great if you're not quite there yet. Um, So, if you want to learn more about that, just head on over to Instagram at bossy.copywriting. You can send me a DM um, and I will be happy to give everyone a little sweet discount if anyone is interested in joining the course as well.
0: Amazing. Well, we will put a link in our show notes um, and that sweet little discount code (laughs) in there too. (laughs) A cheeky discount. Everybody loves a cheeky discount. (laughs) Well, Elise, it has been incredible having you back on the show. Thank you so much. We need to do this more often, I feel. I know.
1: Loved it. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I hope that you got a lot out of that conversation I know that there are some incredible resources that Elise and her team have put together. So make sure you head on over to our show notes to get access to her masterclass and also a cheeky discount. If you wanted to check out Bossy Copy College, we've popped all the links in our show notes and I know that you're going to love it. Make sure that you follow Elise on Instagram. She has incredible tips and tricks. She's just at bossy.copywriting and yeah, I hope that you love it. If you loved this episode, then please, please, please share it with your business bestie. This is a really, really great topic to understand and to unpack. And if you love it, leave us a little sneaky review. That's always nice. I love reading nice reviews, not not mean ones, but nice ones. I love reading those ones. All right. I hope that you have a wonderful week. We will see you back here same time, same place next week. In the meantime, my friend, go get them.